Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, my name is Bex and welcome to Getting Emotional. Every week I've been discovering brand new emotions, or rather, telling you about emotions you may never have heard of but have probably felt. Well, it's been a ride. This is the last episode of the series, so I just wanted to start off by saying thank you to everybody for listening and downloading. Um, It's just me putting this podcast together and it's genuinely been quite incredible to see uh, what people have thought of it and and how the reaction has been. Uh, I would list all of the achievements the show has made, but I won't, that'll be boring for all of us. Instead, I will say that I feel very macarious. That's a Greek word, by the way, for feeling happy and blessed. No doubt there'll be an episode about it soon. So what I'm going to do with this show is give you some extra bits from interviews that didn't quite make the main episode they came from. Not because they were rubbish, but because there was just too much gold, if anything. I'll try to squeeze in a few emotions that may not make up a full episode, but I thought you'd like to hear about. And I'm also going to name drop some guests I've got lined up for the next series. I'll start with rewinding back to the very beginning, when I interviewed world-famous photographer Rankin. In the show, we talked about Vemmerdalen, which is the feeling you get when you realise a photo that you've just taken is a little bit disappointing. Now, I think in the episode there was about eight minutes of Rankin's interview, but we actually talked for 50 minutes. He was incredible. So I thought I'd give you a little bit of something that I didn't get to squeeze in. This is Rankin's advice for aspiring photographers. Also, at the end, you will hear one of the best answers a guest has ever given me. Learn your art history, learn your your literature history, learn, you know, learn your cinematic history. Like, I'm always surprised how many of my assistants that have worked for me don't know about films that were made in the 60s or the 30s. Or I'm always surprised that they're their um, uh, knowledge of historical photography is so bad and their knowledge of art is is pretty much non-existent. Um, and I, I, I get a little bit sad because when I was at college, that was where I started. I started at the beginning and worked my way through. And I just think that there's something you you you, you pick up from that, which is, an approach to creativity. Um, so, you know, what I always say to young photographers is learn how to take photographs because it's very cheap now uh, if you've got a digital camera to take a lot of photographs. And I really believe in muscle memory. You know, like if you take a lot of pictures, you get better at taking pictures. So take a lot of pictures. Don't don't just think about them, but also learn about stuff outside of photography as well as photography. Um, because that's where you get inspired. Like, I don't get really inspired by other photographers um, per se. You know, I know when I'm being influenced by them, but I don't get inspired. But I don't come up with ideas that are, are, are kind of um, unique or or, um, or or pushing the boundaries by by doing, um, uh, looking at other photographers' work online or in books. And I've got thousands of books. But, but I, I get inspired when I read something about, I don't know, politics or philosophy or... I see something in an art gallery or I remember something that I've really loved or I listen to a podcast or I listen to a, I don't know, a radio show. That's when I, because then you start putting two and two together. Like, and I think the more 
the more things that are influencing you, the better. And, and then try them out. Like the other thing that I, I really hate is when people just talk about, talk about, talk about something and never do it. It's like the only way you learn how to make stuff is to make stuff. Um, whether it's whether that's, you know, actually how to use lighting or how to uh, use Photoshop or, you know, whatever it is, like whatever technical thing it is or whatever creative thing it is, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And I am interested because Vema Darlin, like we said, John Koenig talked about how uh, maybe it's your memories and your emotions and your personal experience. Um, is there a picture you've taken that maybe isn't the best kind of looks wise or it's not, the, it's not the most beautiful, but for you, it has the most memories. So it's probably a bit more important. That's a really good question. <laughs> um, no. Here we go. Ranking. Brutally honest, straight to the point, absolutely rinsed me. All right, there are so many emotions that I'm finding out about for this podcast. I basically have a massive spreadsheet of them. If you want to suggest ones for me to cover or find out a little bit more about, you can get me on Twitter at GetEmotionalPod, or if you'd be so kind as to leave a review of the podcast, wherever it is you're listening to this, you can tell me there. There are, of course, some emotions I would find it quite difficult to get guests to freely admit to having felt, so I thought I'd do a kind of Top of the Pops chart rundown right now, if that's okay by you. Okay, here we go. In at number three, it's Gamma Mania, which is a British word meaning an obsession with marriage. At number two, Rasbluto, a Russian word describing the feelings of sentiment that you hold for somebody you once, but no longer, love. Spoiler alert, I'm kind of obsessed with that one. In at number one, it is Mutterseel and Elaine. This is a German word which means an extreme loneliness. It feels like even your mother has and would abandon you. Yeah, three pretty big emotions there. Obviously, if you know anybody who want to chat about those, do let me know. I would point out though, if you've had that extreme loneliness before and you felt like you're the only person in the world who's felt it, well now you know you're not because somebody else has felt it too and given it a name. So if anything, surely you should be less lonely than you were before, right? Okay, right, well, I've, I've hurt my head thinking about that. Now, a few episodes ago, I asked Danny Wallace about the feeling of Goya. That's when you're so immersed in a story that when it ends, a part of you still feels like you're in it. If you missed the episode, uh, this is what Danny said when I asked him what he thought the most immersive media was. I think that books are the, the, the most personal experience that you can have. Um, in terms of communicating generally, it's always, for me, it's always been about writing and then it's been about radio, and those for me are are the best. And I suppose it's because it's about the voice, right? So if you're listening to someone on the radio that you really like, and they're maybe telling a story, it's the way they do it, and it's the voice you've gotten used to, and the style. And the same is true of that single voice you normally get um, when you're being told a story, you know, on the page. Um, and again, that goes back to the confidence and, and perhaps the relatability. Um, but, but yeah, it's it's just it's it's storytelling in its purest form. Do you know what I mean? Goya was an episode that I know got a lot of people thinking, especially after months in lockdown, reading new books and watching new Netflix shows. And another episode that a lot of people messaged me about was Limerence. That's a romantic addiction to a person. For that, I spoke to the mysterious and brilliant Dr. L. He was amazing, and here's something that didn't quite make the podcast, where we talk about how limerence makes sense to so many people, including a lot of people listening, I think, but other people 
found the idea of it a bit weird. Yeah, well, I think a very common reaction is if you first start talking to people about limerence, they'll either say, well, that's just love. Or mm. they'll say, well, no, that sounds mad. You know, there's something wrong with, with that person. Um, and I think that was Tenoff's reaction as well. When she first published uh, the ideas, the reviewers and the critics essentially split into two camps <laughs> some saying well there's nothing new here this is just love and and the others saying well this is this is pathology you know these people are mentally ill they need help and of course that fits in the model that if you are a limerent yourself then it makes perfect sense you think well that's how my romantic experiences have always started you know with this kind of euphoric thrill your, your whole body gets energized and you feel all alive and and uh you feel this sort of sense of connection to this other person that's uncanny you know that they being with them makes you feel full of energy full of excitement like life is good you know everything takes on a kind of a positive view um, but that later on things go very wrong and you can't shake off the obsession and you can't shake off the compulsive behavior and it becomes involuntary so I think Possibly it's going to depend as well on any individual how they come out of that initial euphoria stage. If they're able, if they're otherwise, if you like, um, emotionally quite stable people, they might come out of that euphoria stage and, and be okay, be able to sort of reconcile themselves to the fact that their feelings are, are unrequited. But if they're not, if they have other, you know, emotional vulnerabilities, say, it might make it more likely that then they progress into the really distressing state of, of obsession. So, again, I think it, it may be that many people experience the early stages, but not everybody progresses into what you would think of as person addiction. Mm -hmm. um, and so, again, the, there will be different perspectives on that. Speaking of love or something like it, here are three emotions connected to that warm, fuzzy feeling. I won't do the top of the pop's voice again, don't worry. Number three is egg du tai. It's a Mongolian word meaning the urge to squeeze something or someone very cute. Number two is koi no yokan, a Japanese word. It means meeting someone and knowing instantly that you'll fall in love. And number one is bazorexia, the sudden urge and the feeling that you want to kiss someone. I'll leave those with you. You can have a little think about whether you've felt them before. Another type of love, of course, is parental love. And for that, I spoke to West End star Rosalie Craig. She was incredibly open and very honest with me about her feelings as a new mum and how she balances life as a parent with life on stage. Here she is talking about her time rehearsing the phenomenal success City of Angels. In fact, last contract I was on City of Angels, um, they were absolutely incredible because both my husband and I were in the show together and we were saying, listen, it's a bit of a issue in terms of hours and being absent for her because at the time she she was only just three. Mm -hmm. And they were amazing. And, and they did it across the board for everyone. It wasn't like we had a special situation. The director said, I think it's incredibly, she's not a mother or um, not that you'd need to be to be a human, you know, she just <laughs> she seemed to have any understanding, but she said, I think we should work, work 10 till 4. And so everybody across the board can A, have a life if they don't have a child, to do other things, or mm -hmm. if you do have a child, get back with plenty of time to see them. And we won't work weekends, you know, maybe one weekend out of the whole um, rehearsal process. And 
the difference of the work ethic, the parents' mental health. It yeah. was the child's mental health. It was, it was, it, it, it felt like a privilege to to be in that situation, um, and to witness how those working hours can really aid not just parents but everybody. But yes, being as we're talking about being a parent, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it made it feel possible. Um, rather than a nightmare, rather than a scramble, and I and I think that's in every profession, across the board. Leaving a child at six thirty seven in the morning, if you've got a very uh, busy office life, and then coming home at seven or eight, they don't see their child in the week, you know. Yeah, suddenly you've got to really think through your plans for the week, your daily schedule, yeah. like how, like you say, it must be interesting going from like, oh yeah, let's go out and have fun to being like, yeah. no, no, I'm I'm done, <laughs> bye, see you later, I'll see you tomorrow I know. at work. I know, yeah, of course, and, and lots of people that you'll continue to work with are like, what's happened to you? And that's why I think you get labelled as a parent, that you're you're not the same or, you know, what's happened to them, they're not, not, not fun anymore, or I think you you just fundamentally you fall in love with it's like being in love isn't it yes that new relationship energy yeah exactly you're like well i i would say now drink with you but um i'm massively in love with this person so i'm gonna go and spend some time with them (laughs) i've been with you all day you know so it's been a really fun series and the guests have been incredible thank you to everybody who's helped me out and taken part in the show I hope you've enjoyed it too, of course. Um, If you have, if you could leave me a review with a comment on what you've enjoyed or what word you want me to research next, please, please go and do that. Assuming, of course, it would be a good review overall. Um, If it's a bad review, don't worry about it, it's fine. You can also find me on Twitter at GetEmotionalPod and I would love to chat to whoever is interested in the show. The next series is going to be super fun. I've got comedians like Angela Barnes from Mock the Week, uh, Nish Kumar from Mash Report and a few other special guests as well. So I think it's going to be a pretty good series and I'll be back in a few weeks. In the meantime, this was Getting Emotional and that was a series.